Problems are usually the trade that you have to make for advancement. You want to advance, sign up for some problems. You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show. Equity. E-Q-U-I-T-Y. The topic for just a quick discussion we're going to have is creating equity out of hardship. Equity. Define equity for me as the value of something that is no longer owed upon. We're buying all these real estate properties and we're doing deals and Chris is starting to do some acquisitions in the business world and everything comes down to, you know, when, when you look at net worth, my favorite definition of net worth is your assets minus your liabilities, which means, you know, let's say you have a million dollar house and you owe $900,000 pop quiz for today. What is the equity on that house? Million dollar house, $900,000 owed. What's the equity? hundred K equity is a hundred K equity is the value of something not owed upon. And uh, we can go a lot of different ways, but here's the thing, friends, when you go through pain, when you go through something difficult, or maybe when you go through a bad situation, such as losing a business or losing a friend or participating in a process that didn't work or investing in mentorship that maybe didn't do what you thought it was going to do. When you go through pain, you are paying a price. Everybody can agree with that. People love to talk about the price that they paid for things. The biggest failure I see today is people pay that price, but they never cash in on that payment. They never stick around long enough to create equity from the deal. You're going through something difficult, or if you've gone through something difficult, your time, your consistency is required for you to cash in on that pain invested into that deal. Now, nobody thinks this way. That's the problem with society. People in here probably are not thinking about how my failure has been a price that I've paid to get what I want. And maybe a few of you have, but imagine this, imagine this story. Imagine that we rolled up to a piece of property. We said, this property looks good. Let's throw a hundred K into it. Put another 30 K into renovations. And then it's looking good. We're about to be able to rent the property to a nice tenant and sell it to a nice investor. But right before we throw our hands up, we say, I haven't made any money from this. What a waste. And we walked away. Wouldn't it be odd if that's how we worked in real estate or if that's how we worked with, you know, anything that's tangible. This is a problem is the risks that you've invested and the pain that you've invested in the areas of your life that you're not happy with. Most of them are probably intangible areas. It's why we can't see the equity. Buying a carpet uh, apartment complex and say we put a million dollars into the deal. We fill it with tenants and renters, but right before we sell it, we're just like, we haven't made our money back. Walk away. That's what's happening with several people in this group who have invested into a difficult process who've invested into somebody who will yell at you for not showing up. You've invested into somebody who will hunt you down and find you for not giving your best. I saw this one comment that was just saying, you know, I've wasted time doing things that didn't work. But my proposition to you today is that you cannot treat the process that way because nothing is wasted except for that, which you waste like, man, Taylor, this is too, you know, This is too ethereal. Bring it down. Okay. Let me bring it down. How many of you have had sales calls that haven't turned into sales? Why are you complaining 
about four calls that you've taken that haven't turned into sales and then defaulting and defecting on the process. I'm just telling you, you're like, man, Taylor, how did you become who you've become? How did you earn which I'm telling you, I am superior in my ability to withstand pain. And I am consistent in that if I pay for something, I'm going to cash in on it. How many of you are like so close to giving up because you've done this and you've done this and you've done this and it hasn't worked and you have all of this equity buildup in a great business. You have all of this equity buildup. You have written the check. You have given the check over. You have transferred all of the funds. I'm speaking ethereally. I'm saying the pain that you have invested into getting what you want, you've already paid for it. And right around the corner might be some break in the road where you actually begin to capitalize on it, but you're close to giving up. You're close to walking away. You're close to being like, well, CK is just a cult and I'm not going to show up to calls. Listen, I'm going to say this as nice as I can. Don't take this the wrong way. This comes from a loving place. But the reason that you likely haven't achieved what you want to achieve is because you do not deserve it yet. It is disgusting to me how people say, I want big things for my family and I want, you care about how do I get the most for the least? How do I get maximum reward, minimum investment? Shame on you. It's disgusting. It's the reason entrepreneurial communities are going downhill. Not this one. Let me just correct some things for you. You've invested some pain. You've gotten through some bad times. You've invested a little bit of money, a little bit of time. Maybe the process isn't working the way you want to. Now is the time for you to begin to cash in on that payment because you got a whole lot of equity. The more failure you've been through, the more equity you have built up. Sorry, I'm not just going off a little bit, but it bothers me that the thing that kills the most people with the most potential is they end up paying the price and then they move on. They throw it away by not realizing the value of what they've been through. Another thing to think about is there's this buildup to success. What I've noticed is that most people typically go through, most people are going to go through around about the same volume of problems. You think about the people who've had such horrible childhoods and then the people who go through midlife crises. And when you average it all out and you shake everything up at the end of a person's life, I'm not saying that you haven't had a rough life, but most people as a rule, just an average, are going to go through similar volumes of problem. So here's the thing. Sometimes we get to decide, speaking of equity, speaking of problems, speaking of not showing up, speaking of complaining when you should be actually working through something, you know, you have the option to take it all at once like a pill. You know, you're going to have a hundred units of failure over the course of your lifetime, or you're going to have a hundred units of failure from the ages 31 to 33. You kind of get to pick. Take the pill, throw it back, knock it out as soon as you can, right? That's what everybody would say intellectually. But then we get into our feelings and we get into our our hurt feelings. And some of you are listening to the call, you're like, Taylor, you're being mean to me right now. You're hurting my feelings. There's a lot of people who are like transformational coaches who are like, all you have to do is visualize and just make an impact and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you actually have to work. Let me just correct some things. Like, here's what I see a lot of times is people are spreading it out. You'll break up the pain. You'll break up the price. And you'll end up paying this, this 
tax on what you want over your entire life because you keep quitting and exiting and stopping and starting and stopping and going backwards and then trying to go forwards, then going backwards, then turning around and spinning out for a year and then figuring out that's not what I want to be doing. And then here's an example of paying the price up front. 2014, I hired my first first mentor. It was an MLM, but I didn't know that. I didn't even know what an MLM was. He gave me nothing, wasted three grand. Then 2014, after that, I was crazy enough to hire a second mentor. And this person was an Infusionsoft salesman. I thought I was getting business coaching. I didn't get business coaching. Then, so you're like, why were you so crazy to hire a third mentor after that? Because there was nothing more painful to me than staying stuck. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. 2014, tried to get my first real client from Facebook, was banned from a group, kicked out of another one. And then in a different one, I was completely destroyed. You guys have heard me talk about this. Hundreds of comments, hundreds of comments telling me that I sucked. It was amazing. It was amazing. I basically wanted to quit every single day. Then early 2015, when I took my first big retainer client, the first project we sent out to about 150,000 email addresses and got, I think it was less than five sales. I don't know what you guys think is good or bad, but I would call that a pretty big fail. It's my first big retainer client. This allowed me to quit my job in 2015 of uh, February, 2015. And uh, the project bombed. I spent 70 hours on this, got paid $3,000 and we got three or four sales. And you know what he said? He's like, I really like your attitude. So I'm going to keep your retainer and let's just run it again and, and change some things. Turns out in hindsight, he was a pretty good judge of character. And he just knew if, if this guy can go through that and still be willing to keep going, he's, he's probably going to make it eventually, right? Then in 2015, after I had my first big month, it was July I went the next two months and I made zero. How many of you have gone through that? Probably a lot of you in CK, like you have a good month and you have two bad months. I went through that in 2015. I didn't cancel any of my mentors. I kept going. Then when we started TF in 2015, the first, we took three clients in September. The first one asked for a refund. The second one exited before we were finished. The third client ended up staying a long time and she got to see us flourish. She got to see us become who we were meant to become. In 2016, January, we had our first six-figure month. Then in February, we did 30K. Whoa. Never really particularly enjoyed going backwards, but that is a pretty bad failure. In the middle of that, by the way, got a massive tax bill for my wife, quit my day job, got a refund request and a threatened, uh, a lawsuit threatened letter from the Department of Justice. We lost a whole team of people. I could go on for 45 minutes talking about failure and we took it straight in the face and you look at traffic and funnels and you look at wealth cap salesman or and taylor and chris and it's like is it any wonder that we're winning we paid almost our entire allotment of failure in the first year and a half and we kept going here's the thing like don't look at other people and be like man if i just had what they had because you probably haven't been you haven't probably been violated to the same extent that they have. <laughs> like if you had paid the same price that they have paid, you would probably have what they have. This nature is no respecter of who, you know, who looks better or who sounds better. You know, the laws of nature say that this 
this is deserving of this. You know, life has a way of keeping score. And uh, I'm not saying that our problems are going to go away. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not like, if you want to keep going to a new level, problems are usually the trade that you have to make for advancement. Write it down. That's a good one. Problems are usually the trade that you have to make for advancement. You want to advance, sign up for some problems. You want to advance, you got to write some organics that don't work. You want to advance, you got to put some money into ads that doesn't work. You want to advance, you got to have some sales calls that go horribly wrong. You want to advance, you got to invest into some things that don't turn out the way you wanted it. I'm just being real with you because there's too much of this lovey-dovey life. Like everything is easy, just manifest. But the payment you make is, is you've got problems. And the volume of problems that you pay for typically equates to the volume of money in your bank account. This is what I tell my sales guys all the time. So they'll have a conversation and they'll be so mad, you know, especially new sales guys that come in, be so mad. And I'll see it in their end of day reviews and they'll be like, man, this freaking idiot. Like <laughs> imagine like Peyton just losing his mind right now. It's basically it. I'm like, dude, listen, the beauty of capitalism, the beauty of the world that we live in, the beauty of the laws governing human nature and societal increases, the beauty of it is that we have to have people who work at Starbucks and Home Depot and Walmarts and Lowe's. And we have to have people who are unemployed because it supports the society on top of them. And the choices that you make determine exactly what you deserve. And I'm training my people to really look at, look, judge a person for their behavior. Judge a person for their ability to tolerate risk, chaos, pain. I learned the right lessons through 2014, 2015, 2016. Chris and I, we learned the right lessons. We didn't learn the wrong lessons. Let me give you a quick example of a wrong lesson, right situation, wrong lesson. I'm going to give you three things that I feel like run my life in terms of how I view equity and hardship, okay? Here's an example of a, of a wrong lesson. I invested in Mentor in 2015, it didn't work. Well, mentorship doesn't work. Right lesson or wrong lesson? Wrong lesson. When you learn the wrong lessons, you take an empowering situation and you remove the power from it. You take a payment that you've made to get equity through a situation and then you waste it. That's what happens when you learn the wrong lesson. Here we go. Getting a car wreck. The lesson I take, all cars are bad. Right lesson or wrong lesson. Here's another pop quiz. You invest into some ads, don't get any clients. You learn advertising doesn't work. Right lesson or long, wrong lesson. Here's another example. You hire a person. You don't know how to train them. That person doesn't do a good job. So you say, staff isn't for me. Right lesson or wrong lesson. You see how at risk we are of never growing because we keep learning the wrong things from potentially very empowering situations. When I lost all of my team, all of my sales team in 2017, did I learn that while well, building a sales team doesn't work? If I had learned that, where would we be right now? Not here, none of you would know who, who Traffic and Funnels is. Here's three things. I've lived my life from these three tenets. I think you should write them down and think about them. Because exploration and pondering and really locking all of this in is really important or else you're just listening to somebody hype you up, okay? Number one, 
man, Taylor, how did you uh, keep going? How did you keep going? How did you invest into two mentors and three mentors and five? How did you, how did you keep pushing through? Number one, I am way more afraid of regret than I am afraid of failure. If I think of the scariest thing in, my, in the world to me, key phrase here, if I, I've actually thought about this. If you've never thought about what is most scary to you, you're losing a lot of power. People say fear is bad. Fear, no, fear is, fear is what keeps you alive. Fear is definitely empowering if it's directed towards the right things. But evolutionary science says that fear used to actually keep humans alive. Like you didn't want to leave the crowd because then you get eaten by a lion. That sounds like a pretty empowering fear. You know, babies are like afraid of, of falling. How many of you know that that's pretty empowering? You got kids. How many of you want them just fearless jumping off of buildings? Anybody want that? No. Fear is a good thing. You got to be afraid of the right things though. When I think of the scariest situation in my life, I think of a version of Taylor Welch that gets comfortable. True story. And I begin to think that what I have is fine and my level of influence is fine. And I coast for a month, then three months. And then I wake up 50 years later, realizing that I misused opportunity and I didn't do the things that I knew I was capable of doing. I'm more afraid of regret than I am of failure. That's number one. Number two. Number two, talking about how you make it through problems and how you create equity out of hardship. Number one, be more afraid of regret than failure. Number two, my problems are my tuition. My problems are my tuition. Benjamin Franklin said this, things that hurt, instruct. Things that hurt us, instruct us. You're going to pay a measure of tuition to achieve the outcomes you want in your life. The problem is most of us don't actually get anything in return for our problems because we're so stuck on the problems. More afraid of regret than failure. Problems are tuition. Number three, nothing is wasted except that which you waste. Some of the best things that have ever happened to me. Some of the best, best things that have ever happened to me were terrible situations and problems that actually happened for me. Man, we'll think about this at the gym this morning because I'm doing squats and squats are the worst exercise of all time. And it's like somebody, somebody like in the, in the Czech Republic probably invented squats <laughs> by trying to torture their enemies. And uh, it's like, dude, I'm so excited. I get so excited at the idea of struggling well. Being able to struggle well, that's, that's one of the things I want to be said about me at the end is that I was able to go through terrible situations and harvest the great lessons from them. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com.